live with Rachel and Kate Spiritual Speak. Hello everyone and welcome. We are so excited, Rachel and I, that you are here with us and we're starting our very first radio show of Rachel and Kate Spiritual Speak. I'm Kate. And I'm Rachel. And we're here together to share with you the things that we've learned over the years and to support you and help make your life easier. And we're, also, we're going to be sharing with you tips and tools and discussing the things that are going on in the world today, anything that we can do to support you and help you make a, a, create a happier life. And we're also going to be taking your questions so we can answer any questions that you have. So Rachel and I, when we came together and decided to do this radio show, we talked about how could we best serve you on our first show. And after some consideration, we thought maybe sharing with you how we became spiritual teachers and practitioners in our lives because when we were oh probably teenagers, young, you know, young adults, it really wasn't this wasn't our path, but that's what it's become. So um, Rachel, could you share with us first how you became a spiritual teacher and practitioner? I certainly can. And hello, everybody. Um, this is new to me. I've never done this before, so um, we'll just see how it goes. But for me, um, I really wasn't very interested in the paranormal or the afterlife or even the concept of anything like that. Um, I was your typical teenager. I was actually studying fashion at college at the time, full-time. I was coming to the end of my course. And what actually led to my spiritual awakening was the sudden and very unexpected loss of my brother. He was 16, and his name's Simon. And he was um, very severely epileptic, and he had a mental age of three. And we'd grown up together, awesome childhood. He was an absolute angel. Um, So that loss must have blown the doors off me because up until that point I didn't consider myself to be really gifted or able or you know anything psychically wonderful at all um and then shortly after he passed things just started to happen so for me it was a very unwelcome beginning um you know I would just be all of a sudden very aware of things at the corner of my eye fast-moving shadows, that kind of thing. Um, It was very much a case of smelling things as well initially. I mean, I don't know if that was something that you've experienced, Kate, early in your development, but for me, I could smell the lilies at the Chapel of Rest after we'd been to see Simon. I could smell the baby shampoo that we used to wash his hair with. Um, And this carried on. And I tried to ignore it because, honestly, it freaked me out a little bit. And <laughs> at one point, I actually went to the doctors thinking, okay, am I sane? Is this is this okay? Um, turned out that I am sane. Well, kind of. And <laughs> I basically had to learn how to get a grip of this. And, you know, trying to get my head around the fact that Simon was still alive in some way. Because I was pretty much an atheist. I was baptised as a child. But, you know, we weren't a church family. We didn't talk about God and religion. It wasn't a part of our lives. So it was really very strange to get used to. And the the real biggie 
that happened to sort of give me proof was some time after he passed away. And it was, I wasn't really thinking about Simon at that particular second, but I was just sitting watching TV. Um, in fact, I think the TV might even have been off and it was daylight. And I just noticed out the corner of my eye next to the door to the room, there was like what I can only describe as a shadow that was like a spotlight. You know how a spotlight's a circle of light on the floor? This mm-hmm. was more like a circular shadow. But I didn't feel scared. I actually felt very comfortable with the fact I could see this, which was not a usual human reaction. So some part of me must have been acknowledging, okay, something unusual is happening here. And this shadow started to move across the room towards me. And I, in the TV screen, because back in those days, 1991, TV screens had a bit of a curve on them. They were very reflective. I could actually see Simon. And he, I couldn't see him the whole time. But then there was like this coldness next to me when the shadow reached me. And it was like standing next to a freezer with the door open. And I felt this cold hand on top of mine. And it was so emotional. I I was a bit freaked out, but I wasn't scared at all. I just knew that was him. Mm-hmm. And it just, it was his energy. I couldn't tell you how I knew that. I just knew. And for me, that's how I do describe natural clairvoyance to people. It's knowing something without knowing how you know it you're just dead certain mm-hmm. and it was yeah it was a freaky thing but that, I think that was the point when I had to accept that there was an afterlife I've always trusted my own senses and what they tell me mm-hmm. and that told me that Simon had contacted me so then I wanted to know more about where he was and what was happening to him in this other place mm-hmm. um, so I went along to a spiritualist church and although their approach really wasn't for me um, I did find it comforting that they were giving messages to people and bringing comfort to others. Um, but the <laughs> the real convincer was me being sceptical again. Um, a friend of mine, this is some time later, maybe a year later, she went to see a medium and she wanted me to go along as the voice of reason to try and, you know, be the same person in the room. The <laughs> medium... Um, um, she began to read for my friends, but she just kept looking at me, and that was slightly strange. And then she just stopped speaking at one point, and she said to me that I had a light across my eyes, and I thought, oh, here we go. And she said it was because I should develop my ability and that I would be a better medium than her one day, and I just I laughed it off. But she insisted, and she said, right, here's my wedding ring. Just hold it. Look into that candle flame and tell me, what you see and feel and it's a bit spooky because I don't remember anything about what I said but 10 minutes later she told me that I told her things that she hadn't even told her husband about her life oh my so, god uh, yeah. <laughs> unnerving but I, I began speaking to her, to her to other mediums trying to read up on the subject but again you know it's the early 90s there just wasn't the info around that there is now yeah. But I persevered. And so I did learn to control what was happening because at first I could see people as well. Um, 
sometimes I didn't even realise that they were people that had passed away. They just looked the same as you or I. Um, but on a few occasions, it was pretty obvious that they had been through something traumatic before they passed. And I was mm-hmm. looking at someone that wasn't here. So I had to get control of it. And this is so important. And I always tell people now, if you are going through your own spiritual awakening right now, and you are sensing things and it's freaking you out, please, please, please learn how to control it. Find a good teacher and they will tell you that it's okay and that you can control it. And for me, I wanted to be of use because I thought, okay, well, I've got this ability. Maybe it's always been there. Maybe it's new. But I wanted to be able to help people with it. And 25 years later, I do. Mm. Wow. Well, that, you know, that's interesting because you and I have talked many times, and I didn't realize that it was in the early 90s, the time, actual time yeah. frame, because that's yeah. when I started really looking. It was that late 80s, early 90s. Um, I guess it was the late 80s when I was trying really hard and couldn't find anything. Um, I had to work a lot harder at it because um, I knew there was more. I knew there was more, but... I couldn't figure out how to access that more. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandmother and I had an incredible bond where she would know things, and I didn't have to tell her. She'd ask me, you know, about things that I didn't tell her, and and so I knew that that was there. And but I also knew there was, you know, there was something more than than we could see or touch or. It was just there was just more, and then when I started looking, I couldn't like you, I couldn't find anything, um, and then uh, just started really reading. I finally found um, Angel Speak, how to talk with your angels. Mm-hmm. I started reading, you know, Doreen Virtue and uh, James Van Prague and all those those books in the in that genre and. Um, but I just couldn't connect, couldn't connect. And then finally I used a meditation that uh, Sylvia Brown had out and would finally make the connection, but still like you, I was very um, skeptical. Is this real? Mm. And then finally I just had to decide, am I going to believe this or not? And Fred's, uh, my husband's Aunt Nancy passed, and I was communicating with the angels and asked to speak to her because I was going to have a birthday party in her honor And uh, after she passed. And she said, I'm here, I'm here. I could hear her voice. She's saying, I'm here, I'm here. <laughs> and she was so excited. She, she started telling me all kinds of family gossip <laughs> and, <laughs> and telling me, yes, she would be at the birthday party. She would be there with bells on. And I asked her what kind of birthday cake she wanted, and she told me, cheesecake and I said I don't know how to make a cheesecake she said buy a frozen one (laughs) (laughs) then I asked her if she wanted fruit on it and she said no I don't want fruit on it so that evening um, I had told Fred all of what Nancy had said except for the gossip part and um, her son was there and when we were sitting there and brought out the cheesecake with a candle on it, and we sang happy birthday to the picture we had of her on the table, and then we kind of waited for the candle to blow out, and nothing happened. (laughs) (laughs) The candle was still lit, but in that quiet, Fred's phone downstairs in his office started going, ring, 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 Mm -hmm. ring, 
So she was there, and Fred goes, she's here with bells on. And I asked what? her son what kind of cake would she have wanted, and he said, uh, oh, cheesecake. She loved cheesecake. And then I thought, oh, my gosh, did I really talk to her? And yeah. I said, would she have wanted fruit on it? And he said, no, she thought that fruit ruined cheesecake. <laughs> so, you know, being what a female and all, I, I couldn't wait to get back to my computer and read what about the gossip she told me <laughs> because <laughs> it was probably true. <laughs> <laughs> but that was my first really awakening to it's mm-hmm. real I, I, knowing it's real in your heart, but then having that experience that, oh, my gosh, this really did happen. Yeah, and, they, and I think that, that was the most mind-blowing thing, wasn't it, that you had to challenge your beliefs and your perception of the world in general mm-hmm. just to work out that you were okay, you were sane, and this was real. I mean, for me, I actually now know that we are all born with various degrees of ability um, it's kind of like I always use the analogy of aerials. You know, some some of us have got giant CB aerials. You know, like the massive tall aerials you see strapped to the side of houses. Um, and some of us have got tiny stubby car aerials when it comes to clairvoyance because everyone has got it, but not everyone has got it. That so it can just come forth easily. Mm-hmm. Some people have to work really hard to be able to transform and enhance it but it is possible it's always Mm. possible and for me it was there it was there from birth I I see it now I I remember having a conversation with my mum in my mid-30s I'm 44 now Um, and I was talking about this little girl that lived two doors down from us when I was about four and her name was Rebecca and I was talking to my mum and my mum's like Rachel you're freaking me out who's Rebecca I don't know who you're talking about I was like, no, mum, you know, the little girl I used to play with every day in the garden. I used to be on the swing and she was there too. And as I was talking, I was thinking to myself, actually, I might have known which house she came from. For some reason, I just knew. But I don't ever remember her arriving each day and I don't remember seeing her leave. And she Mm. always had the same colour dress on. And I thought, oh, so even in my mid-30s, I was having little epiphanies about stuff that I'd been picking up on and hadn't even realized was spirit. Wow. Mm. I know, it's amazing. But we are all born with it. I'm convinced of that. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm, I am too. Well, we're just going to take a very short break here and have a little ad, and we'll be right back. Do you need spiritual help? If you want to be stronger, confident, happier, fearless and a lot more able to roll with what life brings to you, work with me to learn how. I can teach you one-to-one or via distance learning how to control and enhance your natural clairvoyance and healing abilities with over 25 years of my own experience. Begin to transform your life right now with some down-to-earth help, interesting articles and tips at rachelkeen.net. Rachel and Kate Spiritual Speak. Well, 
Well, here we are, Rachel and Kate, with all of you. We're so happy that you're able to spend this time with us and just so grateful that you're here with us today. So Rachel and I have been sharing how we have wakened to our connection with spirit, our connection with the angels, our connection with all that is, and how everyone has that ability to communicate with their angels, their guides, their teachers, their deceased loved ones, to be in that beautiful, loving space, even with Mother Earth, and to just feel the waves of energy that, that flow throughout Mother Earth and Sometimes it's it's wonderful, and sometimes it's a real challenge. So those times that it's a real challenge, Rachel and I are going to be right here for you to help support you to get through the challenging times and to open your heart to that love essence that you are and live your birthright of being happy. So, mm-hmm. Rachel, when you started your practice of helping others and supporting others, um, What's what's the biggest question that that people come to you as a as a spiritual teacher and ask you? Um, when I was working as a medium, which I don't anymore, um, but I still teach, the question everybody had was, "How do I know my loved ones are where they're supposed to be? Are they okay?" Um, and having spoken to probably thousands of what we would refer to as dead people over the years, I know that they are okay. And I know that we are all met in advance at the point of our passing by our guides, our loved ones, members of our soul group, because we've all been here. This is another big subject for another phone in. Um, (laughs) We've all been here many times before. And so when we cross over, we have got a welcoming party. And quite often, they, you know, for example, if someone is passing away in hospital, the room often feels different, almost thick, like there's a crowd of people in there. And that's because there usually are several people at least waiting to escort the person across to the other side. So whether you want to call it heaven, the place between lives, the source, Whatever you perceive the place between lives to be, our loved ones, they all go there. They all go there. You know, you'd have to live a pretty evil life full of bad deeds to not go straight there. Um, Occasionally people get trapped in, you know, a traumatic passing, but they can still have their loved ones reach out to them and they can usually help them. So what are technically called earthbound spirits? Um, they don't have to stay earthbound. They can, they can choose to cross over. So, I, yeah, I spent a good part of my years helping people to work out where their loved ones were and to let them know they are okay and all they want is, are we okay? They want to mm-hmm. honour, they want us to honour their memory best by living life to our fullest. They don't want us to be stuck in grief for years and years and years. They want us to move through the grieving process and then carry on with our lives so they can watch over us and see what we're doing and be so happy for us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I get asked that a lot still, and I can always answer with confidence 
that they are perfectly fine. They are better than fine. They're better than we will ever be. Even if we had the most blessed life full of every abundance you can imagine here whilst we're alive, over there, they are far better and far happier and more joyful than we could ever be here. So, yeah, that's a question I'm always happy to answer. What are you always asked, Kate? Um, <clears throat> you know, I've, I've been asked that too. How do you know? Um, I, I was I was actually going to share something different, but as you were speaking, you know, the, I was reminded of when Fred's aunt Nancy passed. She had cancer and she was um, in hospice, and she had a very large room with like two sofas and some chairs and 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 a lot of standing room in this in this room, and um, we were there were three of us there with her, only three. And one young lady went over to sit down on the sofa, and Nancy kind of sat up in bed, and she said, Jenny, no, 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 you can't sit there. There's not room for everyone to sit. <laughs> and I knew oh. that the room was really full. I could feel it, but yeah. I couldn't see it, And and but mm. Nancy could. Nancy could see it. And then when my grandmother passed, um, there were times that she didn't want to get out of bed, and um, so my daughter and I would be in the living room and we would put Skype on her to watch to make sure she didn't try to get out of bed by herself. So we were always watching her even though we weren't in the room, you know, so she could have some privacy. And I remember one night she had gone to bed early and we were watching her and Jessie goes, Mom, you got to come over here and look at this because there's some weird stuff going on in that room. <laughs> and there were lights and shadows and and she was talking and holding, moving her hands around, and she was, there was a crowd, you know, even though, the, so the camera was actually picking that up. And, yeah. you know, one thing I, I do want to share with everyone is that, you know, Rachel and I have been doing this for a long time, but we're also human. And when my little magic passed in December last year, my little poodle, um, he was my, my four-legged child from another mother, and when he passed, my heart just broke. And I, on the way home from the vet's office, I got scared that he didn't get crossed over properly. Sorry, I'm getting emotional here. And so I contacted Rachel to make sure that my dad really did come to get him. And she was able to tell me yes, because I was just in so much grief that I couldn't make that connection. Yeah, and that's the thing. When we are grieving, we can't. I mean, when my dad passed away, I was switched off by my guides for about a year mm. because I needed to deal with earthly things. I needed to grieve. I needed to move through the process and be human, you know, not, you know, magical, mystical Rachel that can sense everything. I needed to have that part of me shut down just so that I had a chance to be that three-dimensional physical well-being that needed to deal with the physical loss. Um, and I was glad for that. I, I needed that to happen. And our guides will always pull the plug for a little while if we need that. So, you know, to anyone out there who is developing their psychic side, if you suddenly find that you feel unplugged for a while, don't freak out. Actually, it's a good thing. That's your guides trying to help you for a while. Go with mm -hmm. it. So I feel maybe we should take some calls. Okay, um, let's see here. Um, 
I think if you have a question, we have a few, quite a few people on the line. It's been a long time since I've done a radio show, but I believe if you hit star two, you will raise your hand. I think it's star two. Um, if you have a question, hit star two on your phone, and we'll see if your hand raises up. We've got uh, a person in the chat room. If you have a question, go ahead and type that in, and we'll read that question out and answer it. And let's see. No one's raising their hand yet, so maybe they're, they don't have a question. Someone did email me a question, though. Let's see what this says. Okay. Oh, Rachel, you probably know all about this. This lady um, would like to know, Sandra from Atlanta, would like to know about electrical things not working. Um, says electrical things don't work for her, and complete strangers will just treat her badly. So let's answer that um, electrical uh, question. Rachel, you've had some experience with that. Oh, yes. Welcome to my life. Electrical things are always getting affected by spiritual energy. So when a spirit is present, sometimes they can intentionally intentionally um, affect electrical appliances and energy, but sometimes they don't mean to and it happens anyway. So, for example, um, batteries suddenly draining on laptops, phones, any gadget. On paranormal investigations, we always took lots of spare batteries fully charged up because they would drain like you wouldn't believe. Um, TVs going on the blink. My new wireless speaker is now the current favourite toy of the spirit world. (laughs) <laughs> and it will jump to a track that's got meaning. If we're having a conversation in the room about something that's got spiritual meaning, all of a sudden a track I haven't heard for like five years that might even be part of a meditation or a talk. I mean, one of the, the things I do have is a Sylvia Brown um, CD. And I've got tracks there where she talks about various things at a live show you know, spiritual subjects like we're doing now. And mm-hmm. I was with a friend of mine, Marion, if she's listening, hello. Um, and we were just talking about something to do with our, you know, somebody that we both knew and, you know, our concern for that person and we hope they're okay. And all of a sudden, this Sylvia Brown track, Sylvia's voice just came out of the speaker giving <laughs> advice on that very subject. <laughs> so that happens a lot. Like, you know, songs will just flip on. They'll they'll stop playing and another song will flip on that's got meaning. So for me, I get to hear The Walrus by The Beatles a lot because that was my dad's favourite song. And that will just come on randomly quite often. Um, So they will and really often do mess with electrics. Um, Light bulbs in a particular house we lived in that was very active. Light bulbs used to blow regularly. One even jumped out of a light fitting at me once. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, they really can and do um, affect electrical energy because it's very similar in frequency to our true form when we don't have a body anymore. Mm. Wow. I, I think my most memorable occasion was when my husband and I were having a... Um. Not heated, but enthusiastic. I'm glad you said that. I wondered what you were going to say. (laughs) (laughs) Enthusiastic conversation about um, someone. And 
the vacuum cleaner downstairs came on all by itself. We were the only ones in the house, only the only humans, and the vacuum cleaner came on downstairs, and he went down there and turned it off, and he came back upstairs, and I said, it was plugged in, right? <laughs> because, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah, it was. <laughs> but I took it to mean that they were on my side. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So it can it can be like that though. Sometimes electrical things can, for example, you know, my mobile phone used to make noises that weren't programmed into it. During, you know, I'd, I'd have it on silent when I was reading for somebody, and all of a sudden something would come out like a, a mad clown noise or a. No, oh and I'm like, not a noise that's in my phone. <laughs> but it would be spirit using electrical things to, you know, chip in and have their say. So mm-hmm. they can and they do do it. Okay, yeah. we have a question in the chat room um, from um, Seabreeze. Yeah, let's, um, we need to take a little break, just a little 60-second break, and then we'll okay. we, we will answer that question. And I believe we have a couple of hands up in the uh, on the line, too. So we'll see if okay. we can bring those people on. So let's just take a little break, and we'll be right back. Excellent. Is worry dragging you down and robbing you of joy and happiness? Then it's time you met your worry angel. When you get the free essential mastery tools from the Soul Kisses website, you'll be gently guided to meet your worry angel and learn to work with him to live your life worry-free. There's nothing sadder than an unemployed worry angel. Meet yours and keep him employed. Go to soulkisses.com to get your free essential mastery tools. Rachel and Kate Spiritual Speak. Okay, Rachel, you want to go ahead and read that question that's in the chat room? Lovely. Okay, so hi, Kate, it's Amy. When the physical world problems overwhelm you, how can you stay on your spiritual path? Or when you have a setback or get off your path, how can you get back on your path? Kate, do you want to answer that one? Um, I can give it a start. Let's see. You know, Amy, that's that's really, these are great questions because we're human and, you know, we'll be on our spiritual path. We'll be just going gangbusters and the next thing you know, it's like everything kind of falls apart. So when when you get overwhelmed, um, this dear friend of mine the other day was sharing with me that when negative in, negativity started running around in her head, she would start telling herself, don't listen to the trolls. Don't listen to the trolls. <laughs> like, <laughs> those negative thoughts were trolls. And and then it would make her laugh. And that, that you know, when you get to that, that visual of don't talk to the trolls, <laughs> that is pretty powerful. <laughs> but um, when, when things start uh, happening, it's that recognizing, recognizing that, okay, I'm not feeling that energy anymore of that warm, fuzzy being on my spiritual path, being in tune and in alignment with that essence of who I am, that love. So recognizing it is huge. So when you start feeling uncomfortable and, and things are going awry, it's it's time to step back, step back as the observer. And, 
you know, quantum physics teaches us that when we observe things, they ha- things operate differently. Energy reacts differently. So when you step back and start looking at, okay, what what can I do about this situation? What's my next step? When you're looking at it, things start to shift. And one of the yeah. things that I've learned over um, many years is, I call my angels in, and I put that situation and those people involved in it. We form a circle with the angels and put those people in that circle and send all the love of our hearts to them. And when we do that, when I send all the love of my heart to this situation and these people, then I shift the energy. I shift out of the fear and the overwhelm, and I take my power back, and things start to change. Rachel, did you have anything to add? Yeah, it's really important when that happens. It's a little bit like what I was saying earlier about when my dad passed away. Sometimes you just need to go with it and just say, okay, I don't need to rush this. My path is going to last this lifetime and probably others. So there's plenty of time for you to take a moment to just deal with what's under your nose in the physical world. So when this world problems overwhelm you, for example, if other people are being very dramatic or they're bringing their problems and interfering with your life you need to take extra good care of your spiritual well-being so it doesn't mean connecting with spirit necessarily it means you know take time out eat really well eat simple foods meditate and just really take good care and some people say oh that might be perceived as selfish because you know there are people relying on me and I need to do things Well, sometimes you have to make sure you make time for yourself every single day. So whether it's even just five minutes in the morning, just 15 minutes when you're winding down, getting ready for bed at night, you have to do something that makes you feel like you're taking good care of yourself on a mental and emotional level. And if you do that, everything comes flooding back exactly when it's supposed to be switched back on again. So don't panic. Just take good care of yourself when it's happening. Acknowledge it for what it is, which is just a blip. It's temporary. Everything is temporary. Then you'll find that when it's right, everything switches itself back on, and off you go again with a big whoosh. Very good. That's great. Okay, I hope that answers your question for you, Amy. Okay, let's see. Let's take a caller here. The last four numbers of your phone line is 140 Hi, you're on the air. Hi, it's Kathy. How are you? We're well, Kathy. How are you? Good, good. Um, I would like to get a message from my angels on my spiritual journey. Did you have a specific question? Um, Well, like you said, things are moving kind of slow, and I was just wondering if, they are helping me along on my spiritual path. Okay. Kathy, you know, uh, I learned a long time ago that if we could look in the mirror and see in that reflection all the support that we have that our human eyes couldn't see, the room is full. Always. Mm. Always. It's full. I knew this little girl... Uh, several years ago, who could see the angels and count the number of angels that were with you. And 
one time I asked her how many angels my little dog Magic had, and she counted. She had like 17 angels with him, and Mm -hmm. we have so many more. So I know that the angels are with you. They're there to support you. One thing that I can suggest to you is like we were talking with Amy, uh, answering Amy's question earlier, that when you sit and allow your mind chatter to rest, then you can open your heart. It's easier to open your heart to feeling that love energy that the angels have for you and knowing that they're there. And you can ask them to give you signs, signs that you cannot overlook. You know, you're really here. Um, Just be careful of that because one of the signs mine gave me was during a live program, a big old spider bungee jumped off the ceiling fan and stopped right at eye level (laughs) 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 to get my attention. (laughs) That was quite the eye opener. (laughs) But I couldn't miss that. (laughs) So, um, Rachel, did you have anything you'd like to add for Kathy? Yes, I would. Hello, Kathy. Hi. Hi. Um, yeah, I mean, at the moment, if you feel like you're not really hearing your angels directly or your higher power, I would suggest that when you meditate, don't worry too much about, oh, I can't hear anything. Just observe your thoughts. So when a thought comes in, for example, what am I going to have for dinner tonight? You acknowledge the thought, but you don't engage with it. So you allow that thought to just be swiped away. So like we swipe on our phone screens these days. When the thought comes in, acknowledge it. Don't engage with it as in, oh, yeah, what shall I have for dinner tonight? Don't do that. Just, okay, the thought's there next. And the thoughts will keep coming, but eventually they slow down and they get quiet. And that's when you can really hear the guidance direct. Yeah, my mind is like uh, always like, Going, going, going. So, yeah. yeah. And you're human. That's, that's what our minds do. So, we can barely <laughs> get our minds to be quiet. You know, there are monks on top of mountains in monasteries that have spent their entire lives trying to do that. So, we have to cut ourselves some slack and just say to ourselves, okay, well, I'm going to get my mind as quiet and as calm as I can, but it's okay that the thoughts keep coming in. So practice, 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 and set your intention as well. So, for example, if you're doing some washing dishes or ironing clothes, that repetitive thing there makes us go into autopilot. So that can be a form of meditation in itself. So you can actually use that time to set a question in your mind. Okay, angels, what do I need to know about X, Y, or Z today? And you'll find that the thoughts start to come. So it might not be like, you know, Archangel Gabriel announcing himself like, ta-da, your answer is no. It doesn't work like that. (laughs) What will often happen is you'll hear a thought, and it sometimes might be in your own inner voice, but they are using that to get the inspiration or the thought process to you so that you can act upon it. Hope that helps. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, Kathy, you know, something that I've learned is that the angels have been with us since before we were born. So right. we get their their energy confused with our energy. And sometimes they're speaking to us with our mind chatter. Just know that the angels will, their energy or their 
um, message to you is always full of love. So if you feel something that's negative or you feel that uncomfortableness in your in your body somewhere, then chances are that's just your own mind chatter, just, you know, your subconscious going, you can't do that, Kathy, no matter how bad you want to. <laughs> that's not your angels. <laughs> that's not your angels because they're going to be going, yo, girl, you can do it. You go, you go. <laughs> They'll be supporting you. So when you get that confusion of is this my mind chatter or is this them, tap into that that your heart space and check with the energy. Does this feel right for me? Does this does this feel loving and sweet and kind and comforting or not? Okay, thank you. Oh, you're so welcome, and thank you for joining us today. Uh-huh. Okay, let's see. Well, we're, we're almost at the end of our time together. Our show is only 45 minutes. Uh, let's see. We had someone else uh, with their hand up, but I don't see them now, so... Um, Rachel, is there anything that you'd like to share with those who are listening to us, whether they're live here now or even listening to the recording, something you'd like to leave them with? Yeah, just be very gentle with yourself when you're having experiences that are expanding your mind. So like I've gone through, like you've gone through as well, Kate, when things are happening to you that are making you question, is that real? Is that my imagination? There's a way to determine whether it's real or imaginary. Imaginary things feel very much of the head. So when something is real, you tend to feel more than just thought processes going on. Sometimes your body will react in a certain way. I call a little method I use the traffic light because when something is felt in your mind, and your heart and your solar plexus, you know, that gut instinct place just below the rib cage. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's going back to what I was saying earlier about you don't know how you know it, you just know it and you're damn sure it's right. Mm-hmm. Trust that. Mm-hmm. Always, always trust that. And if you're not getting that reaction, then chances are it probably is imagination. Hmm. Very good. <clears throat> you know, something that we can do. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. It's always worked for me. (laughs) (laughs) Something that we can do is learn what our truth center feels like, what it feels like in our bodies when we're thinking of something that's true and thinking about something that's not. So, you know, you can ask yourself or say to yourself, um, the grass is blue or the grass is orange. Well, we all know grass is green. So when Mm -hmm. you say the grass is blue or orange, how does it feel in your body? And where does that feel wrong? That Oh, nope, that's not right. And then the, the grass is green, and knowing that, and where does that feel right in your body? And that's your truth center, wherever you're feeling it. And so you can, when you're getting information, you can go to your truth center to see if it's right. Mm, yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Yeah. So. Well, we're all right here at our time, and I just want to thank everyone for being with us and for sharing this time with us. And um, we will see you the first and third Thursdays of every month for 45 minutes. We'll spend time with you and the angels and our guides to get wonderful guidance on how to live our life and be happier than ever before. So, Rachel, I guess we're uh, right here at the end of our show. 
this was fun. I can't wait to do the next one. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> okay, we'll see you on the 16th, and you can follow us through Facebook and through Twitter. Um, the links are in, on the web page of Blog Talk Radio. So everyone have a wonderful, wonderful week. We are so grateful for you and hope that you have a great week and talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye.